Welcome to Teach, Play, Love, hosted by Rachel Robertson and Claire Goss. During this episode, you'll hear from experts in the early education field about what really matters and what doesn't during your child's early development. Now, here are your hosts. Hi, Claire. How are you today? I'm great. We've had an extraordinarily busy few weeks in my household with a lot of youth sports. Um, We had some illness thrown in there. Um, So things have been a little bit chaotic, which makes me really lean into my routines even more (laughs) than I usually do. How have things been with you? They've been good. I yeah. The the beginning of a year always feels busier than I expected to, and I always reflect on why didn't I see this coming? Because this did happen last year too, and also the year before. I have a lot of high hopes and high expectations, but I think also you know we sometimes there's a little bit of a letdown of a new year. I have two adult daughters. They don't live in the same state as I do. I got to spend a lot of time with them with holidays and vacation, and now they are back in their lives and. You know, there's a little adjustment going there. Actually, related to this topic, I was talking to my older daughter the other day, and I was talking to her while she was doing some household chores, and I was saying, uh, oh, I should probably do that. I'm not real good at that anymore without you two in the house. <laughs> and she was like, oh, that's why you had us do all that work and help uh, you. And I'm like, no, that's yes. not why. I mean, that was a side benefit. <laughs> yeah, I felt when we had some illnesses going through my house this month that, like, maybe I could have gotten other some other people that I live with slightly more uh, on board with some tasks that were falling mm-hmm. by the wayside mm-hmm. because I was one of the people that was on the couch for a few days and some of the wheels came off. Not all. <laughs> yeah. But so is this, let me ask you this, Rachel, when you were a kid, did you have household chores to do? Yeah, absolutely. We had, um, you know, it's probably a little bit, the history of my memory is, it was probably faded and been embellished a little a bit over the years, but my parents were big on contributing to the household and earning things or that we had privileges. You didn't just get to do stuff. You had to be a contributing mm-hmm. member of this family. Even also they had us contributing in the community and, and volunteering Tourism was a big deal in my family when I was a kid, and it is now for me as an adult, but just giving back, being part of something bigger than myself, which is one of the reasons I think chores and responsibilities for kids is so important, that was just built into the family system when I was growing up, and and I never even thought, I didn't even know there was a thing, as some families don't do that. It just seemed yeah. like what you do. <laughs> yeah, so that's why we decided to talk about this today, because I think... Obviously, every family system and culture is wildly different, and Mm -hmm, what's right for your mm -hmm. family is not right for my family, et cetera. But chores, household chores, there is just work that goes into running a home, okay? Whether Mm -hmm. you live in a tiny apartment or a gigantic house, there's just stuff that needs to get done. The trash needs to get taken out. The dishes need to be washed. The floors need to be swept. You know, it's just stuff. And we, uh, as busy parents, working parents, most of us who listen to this podcast, it's a lot to throw on top of a very busy week. So mm-hmm. let's get these kids involved. Let's get them on board. And Rachel right. and I are going to talk to you today about um, how to do this, what kind of chores we can be giving these children, and also why it's important. So maybe we should start there, Rachel. Let's talk yeah. a little bit about the why. Right. Why, we, let's sell this to, the, to our listeners. Why should you, why should you give yeah. your young children household responsibilities? So it's not to have the job done perfectly. That is not what you're going to get out of this. So let's get that out of the way right at the top. 
And that is not why you're doing it. You will get some things done, which is a huge bonus. And if you can see it for the gift it is, then that's great. But that's not why you're doing it. Uh, we're not after perfection here. And, and actually, that that makes it this not effective if you are after perfection. So the, what we know about child development and what is good for children, and again, if you're, it, this is really important no matter what for children. So we really have to think about even if you have the resources and family structure that they don't need to do anything, they still should. Because when children have a responsibility to something greater than themselves, they learn a lot about themselves. They build their self-concept. Who am I as a person in this family? Who am I as a person in this world? What am I capable of? How can I contribute? And am I a valuable contributor? I mean, just that alone is a reason to do this. Just knowing that if you let your child out of all household responsibilities or family responsibilities and someone else does it for them, they don't learn some of those things. Mm -hmm. they, they do struggle. Like, what's the point of me? Am I important in this family? Is I just get to just, I'm just a consumer versus also a contributor. Those are all lifelong skills and workplace skills too. You need, like, you need to be able to pitch in. And you need yeah. to be able to see where, you know, I see a problem and I am capable of contributing to the solution. So just that alone, those things totally alone. Agree. It makes you part of that community. And it's mm -hmm. why we, we decide we have, we can talk more about this later, but we, we, you know, we have this in our classrooms too at Bright Horizons. Yep. Children are yep. contributors mm -hmm. to their environment and helpers. And I, you know, I was, when I was thinking about this topic, I realized another huge benefit in my home, I've got three children who are, you know, teenagers and an elementary schooler. And I've really noticed, especially with my middle child, who's 13, his regular, one of his many regular chores is taking the recycling out. And mm -hmm. he frequently waits to, we have a bin, in, an open bin in the kitchen and he'll wait too long. And he's walking through the kitchen out to the garage and there's stuff falling all over the place. The soda cans rolling away or the, the cereal box is falling. Mm -hmm. And he's, I see him getting frustrated and he's got to figure out how to manage those feelings and get mm -hmm. the job done. Mm -hmm. And the stakes are so low, but the practice is so good, right? right. This is something that he's got to do pretty much every day, every other day. And sometimes it goes great. And sometimes there's a, a big mess he's got to clean up, mm -hmm. but it's his responsibility and he's got to navigate those feelings. Yep. He's got it. And practice. then, you know, there's the, like, so there's something there too, that you're doing that I think we should call out is you're not freaking out. Probably I'm going to make the assumption when the can hits the floor <laughs> and maybe a little something comes out of that can and needs to be wiped up. And like, right. that's part of it, right? That's part of you waited too long, so now you have this is issue. It's like immersive experiential learning happening right there, too, about <laughs> I, I have caused the problem I'm now experiencing, and I also have to deal with some extra things, like and now I'm going to have to go clean that up, too. And that's that whole piece of it is really good. The routine of it, the multi-step direction. So we're going to talk about this even with like young toddlers. You can start with this. And that being able to follow a one-step direction, that's good cognitive development when they're toddlers. Mm -hmm. Two-step directions when they're a little bit older. Three-step directions when they're a little older. Having some routine and ritual to it. Um, at learning learning something that takes fine motor skills or or um, making decisions. You can you can scaffold the complexity of that, and it helps with all these other developmental skills as well. And the other thing that's so important that I don't want to um, miss is children learn some good impulse control and delayed gratification. So I can't yeah, yeah. just get and just do the things that I want to do. 
I also, I need to do some things that contribute. And when we talk about, we want our kids to be happy. In fact, what drives happiness is not, not contributing. It is actually feeling important and having purpose. So this also contributes to good mental health. And kids won't tell you that. They won't say, you know, when I get to help with laundry, I feel great about myself. (laughs) Way better than if you just let me sit on the couch and play video games. They're never going to say that, but it is actually true. Yes, absolutely. So those who it's building some executive function skills, we're making them feel like responsible people. Mm-hmm. We're giving them that flair of independence. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Even if they don't, they don't actively consciously realize it. There is a sense of satisfaction that comes mm-hmm. from a job that's done. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not done perfectly. Maybe it's not a, do- a job well done sometimes, right. but right. it's done, right? <laughs> right. They have some purpose. They, they, yeah. There's a reason they are there. It matters. And as they get a little older too, you want to think about how they can make a choice about how to do it. So they get some uh, term that probably a lot of people have heard more and more lately is this idea of agency, meaning mm-hmm. if you have agency, that means you can plan you have you're kind of working in your own best interest and you feel like you can do something purposeful and meaningful. You are captain of your own ship a little bit. So yeah, you have to do the laundry, but you have some choices about how you do it or how you get there or whatever. So that, that there's just, we could go on, right? These, I think yeah. we've, hopefully we've sold everybody on why this is important. Um, but it's, that, and we haven't even covered all of it. These are, these no, are, no. Um, and it's not just chores. It's also just being committed to the family and responsible for right. contributing. But chores is a great way to do it. Yeah. Oh, I just thought of one more before we move on, which is that okay. imagine your child having a college roommate someday or a partner and sharing a space with someone who's not you or their siblings. That's, I mean, Rachel, this is your life, right? Like you've watched yeah. your children yeah. now. They are, they are out there in the world living with people who aren't you. Yeah. And they know how to clean the toilet and they probably know how to fold their laundry. Like just let's, Mm -hmm. oh, that, yes. Like let's, let's not think of them as chores. Let's think of them as life skills. Right. Giving your children life skills. Yep. That's a great way to put it. You, and we talk about this all the time on this podcast is you're raising a future adult. That's what you, you're playing the long game here. So what do you want them to be capable of? when they're not in your house and you have to start young or you, I mean, if you haven't started young, you can still implement it. It's going to be a little harder to get it going, but you should still do it. It's funny that you say that. Cause I had a college roommate who was, one day she was dusting baseboards and I honestly never knew that was a thing. I'm like, wow, my mom must've been doing this without me ever noticing once. So poor mom. And thank you, mom. But that was, that stuck in my head. I was like, that's a thing you do. You have to do that. You have to dust the things. So now, and then I taught my girls, I'm like, we got to know about dusting the baseboards. I can't let you go off to college without knowing how to do that. And I am definitely not someone who has ever been called a neat freak, but for some reason that came up to me because I noticed my, um, my college roommate. And then when my older daughter went off to college, she called me and was like, Oh, my roommate doesn't take the garbage out. And she doesn't know about the baseboards and she doesn't know. And so she noticed it right away that yeah. someone hadn't been contributing to the household. Yeah, it's not a great look. It's not a great look for an adult, for a, for a young adult. We give the young adults a little yeah. bit of leeway maybe, yeah. but I'm telling you what a turnoff the first time you you know, share a space with an adult person as a, again, as a, as a roommate or as a, a partner. And it's ugh. anyway. But in, in, and I think what we're saying, like we're lighthearted about this, but it's not, 
about, and I just want to be clear about this, it is not having about having a perfectly clean house. Right. You could, if that's what's important to you, that's important to you. That's not one of my priorities in life to have a perfectly clean house, but it is about raise up. My priorities were about raising humans that understood that they contributed. And when they didn't, that they were taking away from the relationship, that they had a role to play, a contributing role to play. They were responsible and that they mattered. It mattered that they did that. And they themselves mattered that they were there to contribute. And that is the goal here that we have for everyone. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about what types of household chores or life skills you can give your children and some tips for making it easier. Calling all curious minds, mud pie makers, and yes, silly gooses. The serious business of preschool awaits. At Bright Horizons, preschool sets the stage for school success. We know that children flourish when they can be their own authentic selves. That's why our teachers provide the academic and emotional support to build your child's confidence and love of learning. We even offer flexible schedules. Visit BrightHorizons.com to find a center near you. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to Teach, Play, Love with Rachel Robertson and Claire Goss. We hope this episode is supporting your parenting journey. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back. We are talking about chores and household responsibilities for children. And we're going to talk about how you can incorporate this with young children, which may feel surprising. Um, Let's start with that question really quickly, Rachel. Parents ask me all the time, okay, when can I start giving my children chores? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, pretty soon. Uh, uh, Maybe not the newborn, right? But toddlers, (laughs) definitely toddlers. And you can judge. You can judge based on what makes sense for your child. So we let's give you a couple examples of the easy ones that you can do with a young child. And then you'll get a sense of what actually how young this can happen. Putting toys away. I mean, a one-year-old can help with this. And you can hand them Put the, can you, one step directions, let's stick one with step. that. One step. And repetitive things, putting putting their toys away, taking the toys out of the bathtub, putting the toys in the bathtub, getting the book off the shelf, putting the book back on the shelf, mm-hmm. just that, that, that you're not doing all those things for them. And that you acknowledge them as, thank you for helping. I need you, I need you to help me. I wonder if you can, what do you think? So you're prompting that responsibility, you're prompting that it's them that's doing it, that you need them, that they're contributing, that you're grateful for that, just that you have that exchange back and forth, maybe putting clothes in the hamper. Um, And maybe it's, they are setting the table or putting, giving everyone a napkin or putting their plate down or getting their cup, wherever it is. We do this in our um, centers and schools. And it's, it, I, first of all, I always look at the job charts in the centers and schools. Some of them are pretty <laughs> creative and interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have like waste management instead of trash collector or whatever, yes. what it sometimes or art Elect- curator or <laughs> electrician turns out the, the classroom lights. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Turning the lights off when you leave 
leave a room. What yeah. a good thing to be responsible for. Or um, one of them I just saw not that long ago was an art curator, but basically it was choosing the piece of art to go on the wall. So it could be like choosing the piece of art that's going to go on the refrigerator or in a specific frame or whatever. So you can give them some choice um, there. And you, again, like a one-year-old who's just toddling around can put a toy away, can get a book. So you yeah. can start young with that. Um, as they get a little bit older, you think about that progression of memory retention and complexity. Not too complicated, though. Maybe right. two step directions. I need you right. to do this, and then you will do this. And the, having it be a routine mm-hmm. is really important. When, one thing I remember about my parents is we had routine jobs, and then we also had a jar of non-routine Ooh. jobs and if we if we we needed to i believe and then also you could choose if you want some extra credit to take some jobs out of there and do the maybe i just never pulled the baseboards one maybe that's what happened but <laughs> there were things that just didn't need to happen all the time or every week um so you can throw a few things in there that aren't the typical or you can always once you've built up this um routine of them helping and that they're part of getting ready for things, then when you are doing something, then when you do need to get ready for something, maybe you're going to a sporting event and it's not something you do every week. So you're asking them to do a little extra help. You'll have that language down. They'll know where things are. You'll know what to expect from them. And it won't feel odd to them that you're asking them to contribute. Yeah. Really, it's such great advice. The the, the earlier you start this, the easier it will be to make right. it a routine and an expect and it just that that expectation that we help each other around this yep. house. So yep. then when the odd thing comes up, it's less of a fight. Speaking and then when you parent of teenagers, when you, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teenagers for sure. If you wait till they're teenagers, you're definitely gonna be harder. But you could I think what you're saying, I'm, I was jumping in to just build on that is so if you have waited and you haven't done this yet and you're listening to this and your child's a little bit older ease in. So don't all of a sudden go with make your bed, empty the dishwasher, feed the dog and take out the trash. That's right. that's going to cause you a lot of power struggles. But maybe it is starting with something like that maybe they don't even know that they're doing or a chore and you're you're getting them to like, "Oh, I was wondering, can you help me? Like, I need your advice on this and help get get them kind of engaged in the process of the contribution." Mm-hmm. And then maybe even asking them, "I I think we all need to start taking on some household chores. What are here's a here's about 10 that need to happen. What are some that you would you know, you pick two or, or figure out your way to ease into it. Don't avoid it, but don't go all in right away if you haven't done it yet. Yeah, that's great advice. That's great advice. Um, there's just a lot more that young children are capable of than I think a lot of families realize. So you mentioned a lot of great ones, um, you know, um, and again, building those chores around routines, things that happen all the time. So if you always do laundry on the weekends, then one of your preschoolers chores is going to be matching the socks. And preschoolers love to sort stuff. And they love to match things because their cognitive development is asking them to practice this. So make it, you can make it a little math activity. How many socks do you count? But you don't even have to make it that complicated. It can be like, hey, it's time we're folding the laundry together. You know, you know what your job is. Do you remember what your job is? Remember we talked about this last week? Some, some, uh, some working on that memory a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, meal times are a great time. Clearing the plates. Preschoolers can start clearing plates after dinner, moving things over to next to the sink. Um, as they get taller, they can start washing dishes. Yes, mm-hmm. things may break. And we, and we already talked about this. You're not aiming for perfection here. 
Um, I taught my youngest that he was in charge around when he was maybe, I think, four or five years old. We got our dog and our dog sheds a lot. So he became our household vacuumer. And it, because it was, just, it was just something that had to happen a lot more frequently and I didn't have time. So rather than take on that burden myself, I said, hey, hey, you, you've been here long enough. <laughs> You're going to start vacuuming. And it was adorable. The vacuum cleaner was as t- almost as tall as he was, but like he really felt like such a big shot that this was his chore. I, I, I built it up as like this is, a big de- this is a big job. I know we all love the dog and the dog really needs us to help her because we have to brush her and then we have all this fur. And he did a lousy job at this chore when he was four or five years old. I really can't remember what year it was that I introduced it. It was, I mean, whole whole sections of the carpet he was missing. <laughs> but he let, didn't he have a smile on his face? And he would wrap the cord up at the end and get it all knotted and tangled. And he'd say, okay, great, I'm all done and walk away. And uh, that's how that went for quite a while. Now he's mm-hmm. 10 and he still vacuums. He still does it a few times a week, not every single day. But, and, I, and there's no fight. There is no resistance mm-hmm. to me saying, oh, and I have to remind him sometimes, that's okay. Hey, I think it's time to vacuum the floor. He goes, okay, I'll do it when I'm done with my homework. I'll do it when I'm done with, you know, whatever I'm doing. It's great. And he started that mm-hmm. when he was so young, so yeah. young. Yeah, it's just built into the, mm-hmm. the system now. I think one of the things that we should probably say just flat out is if there's something that you're really particular about, don't give that job away. So if you like the laundry to be done exactly this one way or the dishwasher loaded exactly this one way, and you're not even going to be able to sleep unless that happens, then don't give that job to your child or give them a part that's okay with you, like rinsing the dishes. Because you don't want this to feel like a negative experience. You don't want to be correcting your child's contribution. Mm -hmm. We don't like that. It doesn't feel good to us as adults. It certainly doesn't feel no. good as children. Um, and it, it kind of negates the message of like you matter and your contribution matters because yeah. you're basically telling them, I mean, kind of it does, but you're not doing it right and I have to fix it. So you don't want to do that. So find the things, even if it's like alphabetizing the spice cupboard that you could care less about, but that there's a job there, right? There's something they can do. You might have to find some things that you don't that don't matter to you or that maybe someone else could do them, but it is good for your child. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. like pulling weeds or helping raking or whatever it might be Mm -hmm. holding the dustpan. That was one of my favorites for when my kids were little is you just hold the (laughs) dustpan and sometimes we would get stuff in there and sometimes we wouldn't, but that's okay. They left the room and then I, you know, finished it all up. I love the folding one because it does a lot of good stuff for fine motor skills too. And Mm -hmm. there's some math in there, but I love um, having kids fold uh, towels and washcloths because they have to do like some matching of corners. And, Mm -hmm. and that is, again, if you don't want a messily folded towel in your closet, then, you know, you might not want to give that one to them, but I would encourage you to think that it's worth the messily folded towel for the skills um, that that child is going to get beyond the contribution of the goals. Pets. Yeah. That's a good one. Pets, pet care. You were talking about feeding mm-hmm. the dog or, or cleaning up the um, pet fur and they feel really responsible for that dog or animal in the house, feeding the fish, whatever. Make sure mm-hmm. they, you have a measuring so you don't overfeed, you know, right. help them be successful. <laughs> yeah. um, and then they can start to take care of things that relate to themselves too, as yes. they get older. So getting their backpack ready the night before. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's even picking out clothes for the week. It is getting, you know, keeping their bathroom tidy, um, meal prep, helping make the sandwiches for the week or whatever it is yeah, they're going to have. Yeah, just, just start taking self-responsibility as well. And that can happen in, 
even as they're four or five years old, they can start to do those things. And you'll really be glad that they're starting to do those things once they get into grade school and older. Oh, yeah. I got, I got, I have a newsflash for families and I wish I'd done this sooner with my oldest. Elementary school kids can do their own laundry. It turns out it's not a very complicated task. <laughs> and there is now all I am here to tell you that all three of my children do their own laundry. And it might be my best, my biggest parenting accomplishment. I mean, mic drop. <laughs> like, I can't believe I didn't do this sooner with my oldest. And I, I think I can't remember how old she was when she started. But my, my son, my youngest, started doing his own laundry when he was nine years old. Now, it was easier because I had a front-loading washing machine, which, so he can re- easily reach in. But you can get a stool. You know, my middle son, he started unloading the dishwasher when he was about 10, 10 years old. Again, I wish I'd started sooner. He wasn't tall enough to get the plates so he would stack them up and then he got a stool and he figured it out. And I did not, I was in the room the first few times he did it, but I was very, very um, intentional to busy myself with things. So he knew I wasn't, um, you know, doing, being too controlling or micromanaging him. But out of the corner of my eye, I said, well, didn't he figure that out? Mm-hmm. He realized pretty quickly. He knew where the plates went. He looked around. He could, I thought he almost asked me for help. And then I, I saw him, he just... He said, I can do this. And it's like, yes, you can. And he mm-hmm. did it. And I, we have some plates that have been broken, but you know, that's okay. It's all, it's all in the set, the sacrifice to the, to the raising a, a future adult. That's how it is. Yeah. I mean, so, maybe you need a couple dollar store plates for a while to get you through this situation, or you right. make some different decisions about the, the things you're going to use and the value of um, the responsibility and the contributions higher than some of the other mm-hmm. things. Um, that, that feel important, but really in the long run are less important. So okay. I do, um, I do want to talk for a moment about incentivizing because that happens a lot yes. like sticker charts or um, reward systems or treasure boxes or whatever. And I would say there's a lot of research on incentives and the research on incentives will tell us that people quickly start to do it for the incentive, even if originally they started to do it just for the fun of it or the the intellectual challenge, whatever it might be. So be cautious about incentives because they teach the message that there's, you should do it if there's something in it for you rather than you should do it. So my recommendation always was with incentives based on all the research is that if you want to get something started, you could certainly get some incentives going because you're creating a habit or a behavior and then start to do some intermittent incentivizing. Like, you know, if you do this for three weeks in a row, such and such might happen, but that's not a continued incentive uh, or it's just a one time. So you're just, you're starting to get something going or you're trying to get something to go going, but you really wanted to build it as a habit. So it's just part of being that part of the family you're contributing. That's, Mm -hmm. that's the incentive. Uh, But Once in a while, if there's a special thing or you really got to get out of the house, you need everyone to contribute to something. You can do that, of course, because yeah. ju- that's a one-time thing. If you're looking for a one-time thing, you need people to do something differently for this one time. If you're, if incentives and a little bit of um, developmentally appropriate bribery is your thing, <laughs> then that's where you should put it. Yes. Not in the day to day, not in the the only, yes. You may, they they could earn a sticker to show that they did it, not Mm -hmm. to be earning a prize, if that difference makes sense. So they can like an acknowledgement that they successfully contributed for the day. So just caution us because we really rely on stickers and incentives and treats and things. And it, it does send an actual message 
that we don't really want to send about the only reason to do it is for the outcome. And if you get something, it's the same thing with like incentivizing grades or incentivizing winning. We, we accidentally make it seem like that's the only thing that matters. And, um, and we, and, and then we start a behavior of not doing it for the thing, for the learning, for the contribution, for the love of the game, we start to incentivize you. You're only doing it for the prize, for the incentive. So just a caution there that feels really important in this conversation. So praising the effort and even noticing things like, oh, I saw you tried to go to vacuum the outside of the rug and move to the center. Well, that was Mm -hmm. a creative idea. How how did that go? Ask them Mm -hmm. questions about it. It makes them feel like, oh, I've got important ideas and I'm the boss right. of this job. And again, all that stuff we said at the top of the podcast, but just there's ways to reward behavior with your praise, with your attention. Children just, they want to connect with you. Absolutely. So if you connect with them about their chore, right? Mm-hmm. I know it sounds, it may sound boring, but they will be excited that you asked them yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Um, that you notice their contribution, right? I'm so grateful. I don't know how I would have gotten that done without you. That really mattered that you helped me. Just phrases like that, that is what, because that's what, that's real. That's a, that's a positive natural consequence that they have, um, they have earned some praise for their effort. And this is where I'm going to bring us all the way back to the beginning here is this is not about perfection. Do not only compliment them if they vacuum every piece of the floor in the rows exactly the way you want them to be. Compliment them for their effort, for their autonomy, for their motivation, for their growth, and just because they are part of this family and they are contributing. And that will feel really good to you as a parent, and it will feel really, really good to your child as they're building up their cognitive, physical, and social-emotional learning skill sets, all through just doing some household chores. Nothing is more magical than a childhood filled with days of play, learning, exploration, and discovery. At Bright Horizons, we think of childcare as a chance to help a child experience it all. Our teachers go beyond the usual, ensuring your child has an enriching, satisfying day. They take the time to listen, engage, encourage, and celebrate the wins, big and small. At Bright Horizons, we put the care in childcare. Visit brighthorizons.com to find a center near you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Teach, Play, Love. We hope today's content has been inspirational and helped support your parenting. Until next time.